Hey, Oasis Church Chicago, Pastor JP here. Hey, we're so glad that you're joining with us on our podcast today. I pray today that this message stirs your faith, that it builds you up, that it draws you closer to the Father's heart, and ultimately that you just feel the embrace of heaven. We would love to stay connected with you and you to stay connected with us. So please feel free to check us out on our website, oasischurchchicago.com, or download our app, Oasis Church Chicago. Also, you can be sure to join with us on our live stream on our YouTube page every Wednesday night and Sunday morning. Now here's today's message. I, uh, I woke up in the middle of the night last night um, to a dream. And um, I, I asked my son and daughter, I, I have a four-year-old son and a two-year-old daughter, Rich and I, and um, I asked them every time they wake up in the morning, um, pretty, pretty early in the morning, I asked them, what did you dream about? And my son said, dinosaurs. And my daughter, Eden, said the Bible. So I'm one for two. <laughs> Amen. And, and, and Titus said, Dad, what did you dream about? And I said, oh, actually, I, I woke up. And, and at first, I didn't know what the dream meant. And so I, I just, I shared it with him, and I shared it with Rachel. And she was like, that's interesting. I was like, you have any insight? She's like, it's interesting. And as I came here, the Lord revealed just kind of what the dream was. And I woke up. Um, I woke up to, to I, I, in the dream, I saw a big round table, like a wood table. It almost felt like a council uh, I don't know, the UN council table, it's very round, I think it is, or half, is that, is that right, Pops? Yeah. Um, it's round, and it's big, and it's large, and there was, there was people around it. I don't know who, it's none of you, it's just people. And they weren't like suits and ties type of people, they're just ordinary people. And on the table, there was, and some of you young people might not know what I'm about to say, so ask your parents or ask the person next to you, but there were yellow phone books. Do you know what those are? Yellow phone books, you know, where you have to used to look up phone numbers. I'm talking like I'm 80 right now, like, oh, back in the day. <laughs> it's like, dude, that was 10 years ago. Uh, big yellow phone books just spread across the table. And, and immediately, uh, I, wanna, I wanna say, right, I wrote, the, immediately uh, an alarm went off and it was like, the time is now. That's all I heard, the time is now. And I just saw people grabbing phone books and opening them and searching names and calling out the names, calling out the names that were on the phone books, one after another. dude. Like calling out. And the, the alarm just kept ringing. The time is now. The time is now. It was kind of annoying. <laughs> I'm trying to sleep and this is what I'm dreaming. And it's like, that's what woke me up. I was like, the time is now. I got here today and I just really sensed the Lord said, the time is now. It's time for the church to start playing offense. It's time for the church to step up and, and begin to look at the names in our, in our phones and maybe in your phone book or, or, or maybe on your social and begin to call out to them and say, Lord, minister to them. Lord, touch them. Lord, it's ordinary people having hearts filled, like the man said in the video, filled with the compassion of the Lord. What's your will for this nation? And the will of Jesus is that he would see people redeemed. He would see people come into the fullness of him. Do, do you believe this to be the gospel? He didn't just die so that we could get a ticket. He died so that we could be saved, redeemed, set free, and bring others with us into the kingdom of God. Are you hearing me? The time is now. The burden is heavy. His yoke, listen, listen, his yoke and burden are light, but the burden in my heart and the burden in our heart should be, Lord, the time is now. Can I tell you? No one else is coming to do the job. You're it. You're it. You're it. You're the hands and feet of Jesus. Do you, do you believe me? 
Do you know this? You're the hands and feet of Jesus, not the pastor, not the pastors, not the future pastors. Not, not, it, it's us. Come on, wake up just a little bit. Maybe some of you need to get a little bit like, come on. The time is now. And so um, I'm, I'm going to do my best to share just a few passages of Scripture. And I feel like I just, I, I, like, a, like a, a voltage, I feel like a voltage is coming into some hearts this morning. Are you glad you're in church? <laughs> Are you glad? Can I tell you, we got to be a people that stop coming in with just like, can, 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 can we just hold our hand up? We're going to make a vow. I vow, say I vow, to stop coming into church like this. In Jesus' name. You can bring sorrow. You can come in with a heart of That's fine. But it's just like, uh, he hasn't done anything. He's done a lot. He's done everything. He's done everything. He's done everything. You need to come in with a heart of rejoicing and thanksgiving and just be like, he's done everything. Okay. Like I said, I'm back. I'm refreshed in the Lord. And I thank you. In this place, a, a commissioned house. A commissioned house. I believe the Lord is, is looking in this hour for people that will host him, that will be connected to him. Our mission statement is to connect and connect others to the life-giving waters of God's holy presence. That's the mission. That, let me say that. That's the vision of this house. That's what God's placed in our heart to do. And he's looking today to find people that he can work his kingdom through to see the advancement of his kingdom and to see generations changed until he returns. He's coming back. Do you know that? Jesus is returning. When? I have no idea. And if someone tells you they know, run. Now signs and, and, and seasons will reveal, the scripture says, that when his return will be, and it's going to be a glorious day. But, 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 but let, us, let, us, let us pray and, and hope and live with anticipation of the day. Let's, but let us be a people that are living on mission today until that return. Are you hearing me? This generation is about causes, about activism, it's important, but it's seriously secondary to the cause and the activism of being a disciple of Jesus. Yeah, it's secondary. Now, I, I, I'll be an advocate for certain things. I will fight for certain things. But if it's not him and his kingdom first, then I'm missing it. So Jesus today is looking across the room. He's looking in the space. He's looking to see, is there people in Chicago that will believe that my kingdom will come, my will will be done in Chicago as it is happened? He's looking, and I pray he finds it in us. I pray he finds a place, like Luke talks about, where he says, I, I don't have a place to rest my head. Jesus isn't homeless. <laughs> Did you know that? Jesus was not homeless. He was speaking spiritually. I'm looking for a place where I can put my head down. He's looking for a place to rest in our hearts. He's looking for a place to rest on a people. He's looking for a place to rest on homes. He's looking for a place, and I believe, I prophetically believe he's going to do it here. So we're, we're a commissioned house, a house called by God to go on mission from the Lord. Go to Matthew 28. How many of you brought your Bibles? Show them, show me, show me all your nice Bibles. Did anybody, is anybody pulling their phones up? Go, if you have your phones, get your phones out and go to Matthew 28. If you, if you have the Bible app. If you're on Instagram, we have cameras right behind you. <laughs> Pastor Derek will begin to zoom on you. 
I, I just think there's a commissioning that needs to happen today in our house. And I'm, I'm going to be quick. Watch, I'm going to try. Rachel and I have been married nine years. I thank God that she has chosen me for nine years. Thank you. Praise the Lord. Nine years. And one thing that we stood before God and as husband and wife, as, as man and woman, is that we, we made a covenant before God. We made, a, we made a solemn covenant before God. We said we're committing our lives to you, we're committing to serving one another. And above that too, or with that I should say, we committed to saying we will, we will do the mission that you've called us to do as a couple. You know, married couples, you have a mission that God's called you to do. You have your own individual jobs. We do different things. We have different talents. We have different abilities. We have different giftings, right? Thank the Lord for that. But we have a mission that we're called to. And I'm gonna tell you, there's, there's plenty of times in our marriage of nine years and even now raising kids where the mission has gotten a little crazy. Where it feels like, ah, maybe the mission, maybe, maybe we need to reevaluate. But, but what happens is, is we go back to the covenant moment and say, no, we made a covenant with God that we will do what he's called us to do. When you come to Jesus and you come and you get redeemed and you get set free and you get delivered and you, you experience grace, right? How many of you experience grace? How many of you experience the grace of Jesus? And you experience his grace and his mercy and his love. You enter in, yes, as a child of the king, a son and daughter. But what you enter into is covenant. Are you hearing me? I'm preaching better than you're responding. You come in to a position now where you're in, a, you're in agreement and the covenant is this. I am now a disciple of you. I am a disciple of you, Jesus. That's whether you believe that that's what this thing is. That's why, that's why we're seeing so many people get shaken and, 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 and turning and where our prayer in this series is like, Lord, bring them back, bring them back to first love. But being a disciple of Jesus, it's a narrow road. It's a, it's a narrow road. It's, it's not a, 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 an easy road. But, but what keeps us and what should keep us as disciples of Jesus, you, you've chosen me. You've brought me into marvelous light. You, you've, given me, you've given me everything. And so in return, I'm going to do my best as a disciple to give you back everything you would want me to do. And what it means to be a disciple is this, is that now we are on a commission with Jesus. Are you hearing me? So, so Jesus in Matthew 28, he, he, he's, he's risen. <laughs> he's conquered the grave. It's the greatest day. And he goes to his disciples on the mountain. And, and what I, I was recently reading this account again. And, and some of you theologians, you're a lot smarter than me. So if, if I'm wrong in this, just email um, rachel.trolio at Oasis Church. <laughs> But it, 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 it's believed that there are 500. I think Corinthians talks about it. There's 500 disciples standing out there in this moment. And so Jesus says these words in Matthew 28, verse, verses 16. Then the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshiped him. But some doubted. I really want to pray for, for doubt today in our hearts. If you're just doubting the Lord in anything, just hold your hand up right now. My hand's up. Lord. Remove the doubt. We trust you. We remove the doubt. We want to have eyes that see you rightly. Help us, Lord. 
So it says, some, some doubted. Then, then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Jesus is speaking. Everything, all the authority, I've conquered it. Everything of heaven has been given to Jesus. Jesus is saying these words. And then he says this. Therefore, because of all authority given to me, Jesus is saying, from my Father. Therefore, now he's commissioning the church. He's commissioning the disciples. He's commissioning us. Right now, are you hearing me? Have eyes and ears to hear and see what's happening. He says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. <laughs> teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. These are Jesus' words. And what he's saying is, it's no longer as a disciple of me, I'm, 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 can I just teach for a few moments? No more as a disciple of me. Do you have your own mission? Oh, this is gonna mess with some of us, but I'm praying it heals us. How many of you have your five-year plan? Don't lie. How many of you have your five-year plan? Okay, your one-year plan. Thank you. Okay, we're all being honest. I don't. <laughs> I used to. At this point in life, I'm like, I don't even know what's happening today. <laughs> kind of freeing. We all have our hopes. How many of you have desires? How many of you want to see things happen? It's not bad. Don't, don't hear me. It's, I'm not, it's all good. But can I just, for a moment, just tell you something? When you said yes to, to serving and following Jesus to give him your life, your mission died. Welcome to church. Because what's happened in the church, and, and I'm, a, I'm a big church guy, I love it. I love the big church. I love Jesus' bride. What's happened in the church is we've preached for too long, and that's why this generation has gotten so shaken, because now we've experienced some actual resistance and some trials, and we don't know what to do. We're freaking out because we have not taught the church enough that, that the mission of our lives, our desires, our hopes, and our dreams, they all died when you came to Jesus. Are you hearing me? It actually will set you free today to actually live with joy and peace because now you're not like, why? Why am I not seeing this? Why am I not getting this? Because maybe he just doesn't want you to. Amen. Amen. What's happened is, is now you've come out of your mission in life and you have now, I hope and pray today even more, come into a co-mission with Christ. It is a co-mission with Christ to go and to share the gospel with all the nations. It's a co-mission with Christ to go and baptize the people and the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. <laughs> it's, 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 <laughs> I might preach Charles for two minutes. Like it's, 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 it is the co-mission of Jesus seeing people set free. It's the co-mission of seeing my reputation die. It's the co-mission with Jesus that I will die a thousand times a day to to see his glory, to see his power, to see his honor unfold in my midst. It's not JP's mission anymore. I, I like to believe I died to that. I, I don't wake up. I used to wake it up like, what is JP going to do today? What glory am I going to get today? How am I going to? It's like, it's like the Lord messed me up a few years ago. He's like, stop it. Stop acting like a fool. You came into my mission and this keeps us from pride. 
I'm so refreshed in the Lord. This keeps us from pride because this isn't us. This isn't about us. None of this work that God's called us to do is about us. It's about him and him alone. And that's why I said I've died, I die a thousand deaths a day because I want it to be about me. Anybody else? I'm, a, I'm an affirmation guy. I'm a people guy. I love, tell me something good about myself. I'll love you forever. I don't even know the brother. I will love you forever. But it's not about me. Jesus says, go, therefore, and do this, baptizing, teaching them to obey. Can we have hearts that are open to receiving the Lord and others telling us how to obey him? Right, right. Surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. So Jesus says, all authority has been given to me. And what he's saying is, is I now give it to you. I don't carry what Jesus carries, but I carry him with me through the Holy Spirit to go and see the nations transformed. Well, where, well, Lord, is, is this a message to send me on the mission field? For some, you might be. Can I tell you where the nations are? Right here in Chicago. Are you hearing me? How many of you, this is a very sensitive thing. I want, how many from a different country? Raise your hand up. Hi. Look at that. Look around, church. Look at that. The nations are right here. Are you hearing me? Rachel was in Kenya before we got married. And um, she was convinced she was going back until she met me. She just rolled her eyes. That makes me feel so good. Tell me one good thing right now about me, brother. <laughs> and she, um, she met me. <laughs> and, I, and I told her I was burdened to come to Chicago. I'd received that vision from the Lord. And she was like, Lord, I'm called to the nations. And the Lord said to her, the nations are in Chicago. That's where you're called to. The nations are here. And we're, we're, we're praying, Lord, do it in the nations. Do it in us, Lord. See revival. How many of you have prayed for revival this week in, in, in the time of prayer and fasting? I, I have. And he's like, he's like, great, keep praying for it. Now go do it. Go, go, go do it. Go see revival happen in the nation of the nations here in Chicago. Go see revival break out. Go, go, go be a people that listen to my words, that get on commission, right? He says, this is the commission, the great commission. Get on commission with Jesus and do what Jesus has called us to do and stop doing your own mission. It's frustrating. It's tiring. It's, it'll wear you out. It'll actually cause you to get super frustrated. But when you're on mission with Christ, is it hard? Oh, absolutely. Is there, is there loss in it? A thousand percent. Let me just give you the warning. Can I give you the warning? Because preachers don't tell you enough about this. Following Jesus is super costly. And it takes everything from you. But that's the best place to live. Amen? And so Jesus is like, listen, I just want you to go today and I want you to remind the church all authority has been given by me to you because of the Holy Spirit. Now go, therefore go. I think our, our dare I just say, I'm gonna say it. Our butts have gotten a little comfy. covid Made us real comfy inside. <laughs> Rich and I make the joke. It's not a joke. It's actually probably fully serious. We missed the days where we just got to sit inside and I didn't have to. <laughs> I'm an introvert, believe it or not. I didn't have to see people. It was awesome. That's my flesh. You guys don't believe me. That's truth. And we've gotten a little comfy. Or, or better yet, we've become a little fearful. 
Oh, because of all the things that are being said about Jesus and all the movements that are happening against the church and all the things that are rising up against, we've gotten fearful. And we've forgotten that all authority from Jesus has been given to us by the power of the Holy Spirit living inside of us. You'll get to heaven one day. He's gonna say What's I, what I've said before. Well done, that good and faithful servant. He's not gonna say, hey, hey, that neighbor of yours that kept dogging you just all day long, man, I'm so sorry. He's gonna say, well done, that good and faithful servant. That's all he's caring about. Are you hearing me? This is, I feel the presence of the Lord. Thank you, Susan, you sound amazing. He says, go. And so as I'm, I've been praying, this message came while I was on a plane and I was high in the sky with, with the presence of the Lord. Do you ever feel like you're closer to Jesus? Anybody? I'm always like, Lord, I'm closer to you. And then turbulence hits and I'm like, Lord, I need you. Oh, I need you. And I said, Lord, how, 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 okay, go, right? That's the word of the Lord, go. Share the gospel of Jesus in power. Be a church filled with power. You need the Holy Spirit. That's why this week I feel such the presence of the Lord in pr prayer and fasting because I feel like I just got a surge in my heart of like, go, go. And here's the thing, here's the thing. Let me just give you this little nugget. It's our job just to throw seed. It's his job to make it grow, to water it, to bring it. It's just our job to throw seed. Listen, if you're embarrassed of throwing seed, just try it one time. Hey, Jesus loves you, and then close the door and run. I'm serious. That's how I started. I was like, Jesus loves you. Like, for real, like, I'm not kidding with you. When it came to the city, I'd open up doors for people. I'm, Why are you holding the door for me? You know, people would be like, so like, offended that I'm holding a door. And I'm like, I, I just, I wanna, I wanna tell you you're loved. By who? <laughs> like, welcome to Chicago. <laughs> it's like, well, me, but Jesus loves you. And they're like, oh, okay, thank you. And that's all I did. And I walked away. I wasn't like, oh, I led him to the Lord. It's like I threw seed. It's our job just to throw seed. And how you throw seed, aka the word, the gospel, the good news of Jesus, is by your mouth, but more importantly, it's by your life. I don't know the quote offhand, but I know it's somebody famous. But it's like, it's like you're, you're the greatest testimony is not what you say, but it's what you do. Right? It's, it's, it's like, man, I, I want to get to a place where it's my life is an example and a fragrance for the Lord. And so I said, Lord, like, how do we encourage the church? And I'm, I'll be done in a moment. How do we encourage the church to, to be a people that go? To be a people that see redemption in people, to see a people that see miracles and wonders and powers. You know, you know miracles and signs and wonders, they're actually a, a, a catalyst for people to see Jesus. It's not for you to be seen, it's for Jesus to be seen. That's what, that's what brought the kingdom in when he came. All the miracles, signs, and wonders. It was, a, it, was an, it, was a, it was a mighty announcement that Jesus is here. So, so for some of you, that thing, that's, that, that idea of church seems weird. Let me tell you, it is. But the God of impossible does impossible things that we can't comprehend or make sense. So stop trying. Where was I going? So I said, Lord, how do we get to this place where we see redemption and people healed and changed and set free? How do we go? How do we let our fragrance? And he said, he said this. This is like one of like five notes I have. He said, it happens when we receive the marking of the Lord. A people marked by his presence. But it's not just his presence. We gotta be marked by purity. We gotta be marked by purity. 
A, a, a church of mixture will be a church of no power. Feel the Lord. I know he's here. And I know this is a hard thing to hear, and I'm not, I'm not, none of you in mind as I'm writing this. All of us in mind, myself included. It's a church of mixture will be a church of limited power. Dare I say no power at all. That's what I wrote. And I, and I pulled back from my computer. I said, Lord, I don't, I don't, I don't want to be limited. I don't want the limitations. I, I want the fullness of God. I want the fullness of him right now. I want to see impossible things done. I want to see those that are so far come back. Those that have wandered over the last two years, that have left the faith, left the church, left this house because frustrations and and pain and sorrow and all the different things that rise against. And, And even like truth be told, some things where we missed it. And real stuff, but it's like, Lord, would you just bring them back? And it's like, I will. But I gotta deal with you first, Jay. No more mixture. No more, no more compromise. No more complacency. He's coming back for a pure bride. We better start doing it now. I feel the presence of the Lord. I hope you do too. He said, no more mixture. Because when there's no mixture, and listen, he, listen what I'm not saying. I'm not saying perfection. It's a heart going, Lord, reveal to me where I'm missing it. Search my heart, Lord. Lord, where I have been deceived. One of, one of a, a mighty man of the faith, I was at a conference with a few of our pastors and, and friends, and, and he said for 30 years he feels like he's missed it, and now he's praying a prayer. This is a hero in the faith. He said, Lord, reveal to me where I've been deceived. 30 years in ministry, mega church, global movement. He said, I've missed it because my heart's been deceived. Lord, show us where we're deceived. Show me where, where I've compromised. Show me where, I, where I've leveled the standard just a little bit lower, like just for the sake of acceptance, just for the sake of like feeling okay, just for the sake of not feeling resistance. Just, Lord, show me. And he brought me to the stories of the three homies, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. That's my next son's name if we have one, Abednego. Titus, Eden, and Abednego. That poor brother will be prayed for for many years. Sorry, that's, that's, we won't name our son. Maybe, if we have a son. We're not, we're not pregnant. We're not pregnant. Um, in in um, Daniel 3, go to Daniel 3 real quick. Are you all right? It's not good when the pastor can't find the book of Daniel. There we go. I just open a Proverbs and just act like I'm in Daniel. I'm such a mess right now. I can't find Daniel in my Bible. I have it on the screen. Can I read the Bible just for, for a moment? Can I read the Bible? So, so, so Daniel, exile, Paraphrasing Nebuchadnezzar, king, ruler, authority. They leave the, they, they're in exile now. But you know, can I tell you, when, when, when God places people in exile, he still raises people up. So he's raising people up right now because it feels like exile. He's raising people up. 
okay? Hear me, that's, that's a word. He's not, he doesn't leave. And so he starts raising Daniel up and then he raises these three brothers up and, and they come to this place where they're, they're growing in the Lord. They're, they're revealing how strong they are in the Lord. Because listen, the world is actually looking for you, for what's in you. And so they say, we won't eat the king's food. We, we'll do our own thing. We'll be able to interpret dreams. We'll, we'll be able to share them. And all this stuff happens. Go read the Bible. You should read your Bible. It's awesome. And then, and then I don't, I'm not going to go into like why all of a sudden. I just think pride hits Nebuchadnezzar's heart because there's a word promised to him. Hey, if you get a prophetic word, don't let it hit your heart with pride. Give it to the Lord. Weigh it to him. Like, like, and so, so Nebuchadnezzar gets this word that you're going to be a mighty ruler. And then he builds a large gold statue of himself probably, right? Because it's like, oh, I'm going to be the man. <laughs> Build a gold statue. First of all, how did he have that much gold? It's just baffling to me. And so he builds this statue, and now the rulers of the land is like, bow down. When the horns play, when the music starts, bow. Well, then you got Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Who, who listen, listen, understand honoring the king. We need to understand how to honor, but we don't always have to obey what is said? Now hear me. You gotta, you gotta really go deep into that with the Lord. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are like, listen, we've honored you. We've, we've, we've honored you. We've served you. Even when we know you're not God, <laughs> we know who God is. Yahweh, we know who he is. We've served you though. We've honored you. We will not bow. No, no, no. Okay, I'll leave that. There was something else in my mind. I'll leave it. I'll, I won't go there. No, I won't. Verse 12, but, but there are some Jews whom you have set over affairs. Now, now people are coming to tell Nebuchadnezzar the king about, about these three. There, there's, some, there's some Jews who you set over the affairs of the providence of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who pay no attention to you, your majesty. And this is it. Catch this phrase right here. Is this, do you have verse 12? I don't know if you guys have verse 12. Sorry. Yes, you do. They neither serve your gods nor worship the image of gold you have set up. A.K.A. they ain't mixing the world and Yahweh together. Are you hearing me? They're in the world, but they are not of the world. They are in the providence of that land, but they're not of it. They live like aliens and soldiers and, and strangers to the land. Are you hearing me? They, 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 they neither serve your gods nor worship the images of gold you have set up. Furious with rage, Nebuchadnezzar summoned Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So these men were brought before the king, and Nebuchadnezzar said to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? that you do not serve my gods or worship the image of gold I've set up. Uh, now when you hear the sound of the horn, flute, zith, zither, 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 there she is. Thank you. Wire, harp, pipe, and all kinds of music. If you are ready to fall down and worship the image I made, very good. But if you do not worship it, you will be thrown immediately into a blazing furnace. I don't know about you, but if I'm in that moment, I'm, I feel like I'm strong in the Lord, I'd probably be like, oh, I need, to, I need to assess what's going on here. Just me? Like, ah, furnace? Or just maybe just bow for a second. But can I be honest? That's a real question we have to ask ourselves right now. Furnace? Pleasures of the world? Furnace? Safety and security? Furnace? Easy life? And they say, Oh, then your, God, then your God will be able to rescue you from a hand. Then what God will be able to rescue from a hand? Verse 16. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to him, King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. Stop defending yourself with the Lord. Like, 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 the Lord will defend you. It's your job to throw seed. 
It's a lot better than I'm hearing. If, you, if we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it. And he will deliver us into your majesty's hand. And this is faith. This is faith right here. This is a confidence and assurance that the Lord is really good. But even if he does not. What? But even if he does not save us from the furnace, he's still really good. And I would give him my life, and I won't receive mixture. I will do what he said me to, to call me to do. But even if he does not, we want you to know, honor your majesty. We want you to understand something, gods of the city, <laughs> that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you set up. Oh, that made him very upset. <laughs> and so he commanded, I'm going to paraphrase uh, team in the back, just I'll, I'll shout out. And verse 20, and commanded some of the strongest soldiers in his army to tire Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and throw them into the blazing furnace. We know, some of you know the story. So these men wearing their robes, trousers, turbans, and other clothes were bound and thrown into the blazing furnace. The king's command was so urgent and the furnace so hot that the flames of the fire killed the soldier. Tough job for those guys. Tough. Seriously, they, the fire killed the soldiers who took up Shadrach, Meshach, will fight for you. When you're on mission for him, he will fight for you. He will fight. We're not against people. Hear me. Oh, I'm against the principalities of darkness. I'm not against people. Hear me. I'm against the principalities of darkness. And God will burn them up when you get on mission with him. Some of you need to say amen because I feel I'm. Oh, I have so much more. When King Nebuchadnezzar, uh, so, 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 uh, verse 22, the king's command was so urgent and the furnace so hot that the flames of the fire soldiers uh, verse 23, and these three men, firmly tied, fell into the blazing furnace. Then 24, then King Nebuchadnezzar leaped to his feet in amazement and asked his advisors, weren't there three men that we tied up and threw in the fire? They replied, certainly, your majesty. He said, look, oh, can you imagine Nebuchadnezzar? He's like, oh my goodness. Look, I, I see four. Many people believe, I believe it was, it was Jesus, the angel of the Lord, unbound and unharmed, and the fourth looks like the son of God's. Nebuchadnezzar then approached the opening of the blazing furnace and shouted, can, can, you, can I give you a revelation right there? The same furnace that burned up soldiers, a man filled with humility now gets to go and stand before it. Oh, you can take that one. That's an extra. Shouted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out, come here. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out of the fire. Could you imagine those brothers? They're just like... <laughs> And the satraps, perfects, governors, and royal advisors crowded around them. They saw that the fire had not harmed their bodies, nor was a hair of their head singed, nor their robes were not scorched. And there was not even an ounce of smell of smoke on them. Then, this is what I'm getting at, right here, right here, please, just for a few seconds. Then Nebuchadnezzar said, praise be to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel, a.k.a. the Lord, and rescued his servants. They trusted in him and defied the king's command and were willing to give up their lives. Are you willing to go on mission and give up your life today? Rather than serve or worship any god except their god, speaking of Yahweh, Therefore, I decree that the people of any nation, are you hearing me? Therefore, go and baptize all people of all nations. Nebuchadnezzar says the people of any nation. Are you seeing the parallel here? I feel the Lord. Or language who say anything against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego will be, this is rough. This is rough. Will be cut into pieces and their houses be turned into piles of rubble for no other God can save in this way. 
Nebuchadnezzar goes, you didn't mix your lives. You didn't bow when the world told you to bow. You didn't bow and, and give your life to another affection when everybody else was doing it. You, you stayed true. And because of that, God saved you. Now I want, Nebuchadnezzar, I'm paraphrasing, he's saying, I want what you have. And it says that the nations were transformed because of it. Are you hearing me, church? The nations of God. We don't, we don't approve of Nebuchadnezzar killing people for not serving. But think of Paul or Peter in the New Testament. The power of the Holy Spirit comes on him in the upper room, and he, he goes from someone that's slandering God, rejecting Jesus, denying Jesus. That's what he did, right? Just previous moments, and he gets filled with the Holy Ghost. And, and then all of a sudden, he's standing before a crowd of people who they're all making fun of him. They're drunk. It's early in the morning. I can't believe they're drunk. No, I, I want us to look like people. <laughs> I'll say, no, I want us to be a church that's so filled with joy that people are like, they're drunk. Don't get drunk, please. Be drunk in the joy of the Lord. It says that they were so drunk and Peter stands up in front of him after just denying Jesus three times. And he goes, hey, let me tell you a story. Much like the video said, let me, let me, let me tell you a story. There's a man who came, gave up heaven, heaven for you. Came and he lived lowly and humble. Came and healed those that rejected him. He came and he performed miracles and signs and wonders. He came and set the captives free. He came. He came and he was the promised lamb that was spoken through the prophets. It was the lamb that was slain. He came, he came, and he gave his life on a tree. He's saying these words to a crowd of people, and the people are like, we, we want that. We need that love. We need that. We need that. Do you know something? In that moment, the nations were gathered there. The nations were there. See, God is not just about just one city. He's about the nations. And they're here in Chicago. It says that the people received Jesus and were filled with the Spirit and then spread out. And the gospel spreads like wildfire. And people, and it's still the same power today as it was then. Do you hear me? I don't care what social media, I don't care what TikTok says, I don't care what people say in the city, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the one who was and is and is yet to come, the one who has eyes of fire will be coming. He's coming back and he's still doing the same thing. He's just looking for people to say, yes. Here I am, Lord. Send me. Here I am. Do it in me. See, see, how I want to close is this. You have to wrestle with your rights to do what you want to do. But can I tell you something? Just out of experience, it's super tiring. Jacob wrestled. Super tiring. It's so much easier to just go like, Lord, every day, Lord, 
You can use this heart. You can use this life. You can do it in me, Lord, however, but Lord, no mixture. No mixture. No mixture. No mixture in my family. I'm gonna fight. Lord, if, if there is stuff in my, in, my, in my family or my home or in my own life, if I'm giving my eyes and ears, just, Lord, you're so kind, just instruct me. You know, he's so super kind. He's full of mercy. Are you hearing me? Or just show me. And, and for some of you, the reason why it's so hard to just get in with the Lord is because you're fighting that. And it's really his mercy just trying to call you out of it. And I'm telling you, if you say yes today, you will experience freedom in a way you've never experienced before. We're on co-mission. Your mission is done. Co-mission.